We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Yeah, I mean, are you on? (laughs) (laughs) Rodney. Yes. Keep doing that to me. Yeah, I know. It's fun. I like it. Killing me. I'm not killing you. Yeah. You should know better. You should know better. What was that video that we watched yesterday where the guy kept thinking he was taking a picture and he would cheese it? Oh, and he's But his wife was doing a video like seven times in a row? Yep, that sounds That's, like me. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I couldn't see the button. Oh, I guess I can now, but now that I'm sitting up. All right, take us away, brother. Take us away. Take us we away, just got right. here. Take us away down the path <laughs> of the podcast or whatever we're going to do. Uh, you, you. <laughs> I did the last three. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. <laughs> we're going to argue about this for a while. You sit there and take <laughs> <All> your time. <laughs> Come on. You're, it's your turn. It's not my turn. It's your turn. We're going to argue about this for about ten minutes. Do it. You're going to lose. You do it. No. <laughs> I brought us in the last three times. Uh, all right, we ah. are. I <laughs> uh, see. See, that's how it's going to be. Yep. All right, we are back in Albuquerque at CrossFit Zephyr with Tammy, who's been on with us before. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Um, last time we came up here, um, she tried to kill us. She tried to kill us. I'm I'm pretty sure she she doesn't like us. Um, she put us through some some CrossFit training uh, with some archery shooting, and uh, it was actually pretty fun. It I, was. I liked it. Um, but f- but for a guy who's who doesn't do a whole lot of fitness, it was pretty tough. <laughs> you guys are so, great. He <laughs> uh, does a whole lot of fitness meal in my mouth. Fit, fitting in the pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should do more fitness, but um, so how's your year been? How, it's how's, been good. How's, how's the CrossFit training going? Yeah, it went really good. We had our own like indoor competition, which went really good. Um, we had some really great sponsors and kind of wrapped up the year right before Archery Antelope started. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of wrapped up our year last year, and then we've already kicked off this year with an entire five-week league. Um where we had like weekly practice nights and then we had an indoor competition where we partnered with the national organization Train to Hunt and did an indoor competition here already in Albuquerque, which was really cool. And so then we'll do um, one more league leading up to their outdoor competition and then a third league leading up to hunting season. So we'll do three total leagues this year. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. So you hate a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. It it is. Um, I guess that's the benefit of living in an area where you can get it, where you have access to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the the gym for me is a little out of reach. Right, right. (laughs) And they don't have anything like that down there where we're from. No. Um what kind of hunts you got going on this year? Oh, actually, tell us about your last year's hunts. Yeah, last year's hunts was uh, definitely an interesting year, probably the most interesting one I've ever had. So um, I knew I had archery antelope. I didn't draw it, but I got an over-the-counter tag with a new oh, system. Oh, very nice. And um, I knew that that was coming up from early on, so the whole summer was pr- preparation for that for me. So antelope in the past archery has been a little outside of my comfort zone because of the distance of the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my whole summer was focused on kind of my setup, practicing those long shots, did um, three or four indoor 3D leagues at hit or miss, um, went to the Red River 3D shoot, um, just trying to practice every situation that could come up. Right. And really, really increase that distance for that antelope hunt. So super excited about that and felt like I was more prepared than ever going into that hunt, even though it's literally the hardest hunt I've ever been on. 
And that's, funny. that's uh, the same thing we said whenever we went on our antelope hunt. It's the hardest hunt we've ever been on. They, and my husband says there's no need to ever hunt antelope with a bow. Like, he's totally against it. And this is <laughs> going into it, he's like, oh my gosh, why do you keep doing this? And I was like, this is my year. And uh, I really was more prepared than ever. And this didn't factor in at all to the hunts. But I found out, should have like looked this up, and maybe a week or two before the hunt that I was pregnant. Ooh. Oh wow! And like I said, I don't really feel like it affected it, but it was a, a, some sort of a factor. Sure. You yeah. know, because it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, okay, let's go do this. <laughs> and um, wasn't ready to tell anyone yet. Of course, my husband knew, but hunted. You know, my dad wanted to kill me later, but hunted with him like the whole time. Never told him, and uh, it was about. 98 to 100 degrees the entire hunt. Yeah. Um, trying to stay hydrated, trying to like keep those kind of health things in mind while I was doing it, even though I was in pretty good shape going into it. Um, super hard hunt. We got some close calls. And I actually ended up getting um, a 60-yard shot on an antelope. Had a pass-through shot and never found the antelope. Oh. Yeah. And so that was just like absolutely heartbreaking. Um I think, of course, maybe a little bit of the hormones played into it a little bit, but it was just super, super emotional. Yeah. Like, just walking, looking for that antelope. So, um, it was kind of a cool setup leading up to it, though, because we found this, like, solo antelope just coming off water, and he's kind of, like, coexisting with a herd of cattle. And we had tried all the techniques, the waving the white flag, right, right. you know, the crawling through the rattlesnake-infested areas trying to get to these antelope, um, waiting for them to come to water, being at fence lines that they were going to cross. We had tried everything, yep. and um, we had a, like, bovine decoy, mm-hmm. which seems like a good idea. You guys probably tried it. We did. We did. <laughs> that thing is really hard to manhandle. Yep. You know, so my dad were out there in the wind, and we're going up to this antelope but the wind's blowing us and it's not as easy as it sounds but we were able to um, get to that 60 yards where I felt comfortable and um, had a time to set up had time to range it had time to shoot and um, like I said got a what seemed like a pretty good shot but it was a little far back so mm. kind of looking back I think what I got was a liver shot and so we um, spent the rest of that evening, that night, um, looking for it till the sun went down. And uh, we were on side-by-sides trying to cover more ground before the sun went down. And then the next day, I was on foot and my dad was on horseback. Um, I hiked over 14 miles that day. And my dad covered over 20 miles horseback. We yeah. We found it. Oh, yeah, that's... So, it was a rough... It was a rough hunt. Right. For sure. And that was, you know, that... This is my ninth or tenth year of hunting and that was my first loss oh that was really tough well that's good um it's eventually gonna happen um i've lost a couple two or three animals um myself but uh you're right about that antelope hunt it is such a hard hunt me and kyle and our buddy didon had an archery antelope hunt this past year as well and same thing it's hot um crawling around on your hands and knees we were chasing antelope the whole time yeah um and try the you know the white flag the like you said doing all of the different things and there's just it is an amazingly hard hunt it's a hard thing to do to sneak up on something that can see that well in country where there's no hiding um, we tried the, we had the decoys, you know, we had all kinds of decoys, you know, we looked like a herd of cattle walking out through there. Um, antelope decoys, uh, it's just an amazingly hard, hard hunt, but so much fun. Yeah. Just so much fun to chase those animals. I'm still going to do it next year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Us, us Against too. my husband's wishes, I'm going to do it next year. Us too. It's but uh, this, I mean, I know people in the podcast can't see it, but um, I had a tattoo artist actually draw the antelope for me and paint it for me. Oh, very nice. And that's my arrow sitting on top to kind of just never going to forget that hunt. There you, you go. You know, I'm going to kind of use that as a, a lesson and, a, you know, learn from it as I can. And I heard all the theories that day. I was texting, Instagramming, 
anybody that hunted and knew anything about antelope, what do antelope do? Mm-hmm. You know, and I heard it all. Well, when they're shot, they have the survival sprint. They go straight away and they die. And then the next person would be like, they lay down instantly. They're going to be right there. And then I had the person says, they make an entire loop. You'll find them right back where they were, but they'll have gone several miles and come back. Next person's go, they go straight to water, find the next water hole. We looked, we followed every lead and we never <laughs> found it. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably, probably one antelope will run straight away <laughs> and a different antelope will make a circle. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like when we were hunting deer, yeah. I busted those deer and <clears throat> one group of them would make a big old circle and another group just go a little ways and bed down and then the one I actually shot... He went, you know, all kind of all over the place. So it's yep. They, the nice thing is they had the vantage point to be able to see where everything went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think there's a, a specific thing. We kind of did the same thing, but after the hunt, we started kind of looking in, into, you know, what were we doing wrong? What we could could we do better? And <clears throat> looking into that, it's really interesting. Some of the stuff, the opinions that you come across. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that most of our opinions, there's a couple of things that I think we took away <clears throat> from our antelope hunt um, that we're hoping to use next year. And and we found, I guess we kind of ground-truthed the theory. Um, and the main one was that they won't stay bedded like a like a deer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we watched that over and over. We'd watch one, and, they'd, and, and that one would bed and be there for an hour, two hours. And then there was this other one we were watching, and he'd get up, and he'd walk around, and he'd bed right Every back down. Minutes. And he'd get up, and he'd walk over here a mile, and he'd bed down. And he'd get up, and he you know, it's like, what is wrong with these animals? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that one, would he'd, he'd get up, and he'd walk 10 yards, and he'd lay back down. And he'd get up, walk 10 yards, lay back down. He'd get up, and he'd walk back, and lay back down. It just, it's so crazy. And I think the, one of the theories that I took away is, so like if you're hunting deer, you're going to be a lot more patient. You're going to be a lot slower moving in there um, because they tend to, for the majority, stay in their bed until either the sun hits them or something moves them or it's time to get up. Not, not with any of these antelope that we saw. Uh, you need if they if they bed it down, you needed to go. You need to get after it. Yep. Get get into the position that you're wanting to be quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing, I think I I thought. I think we worried too much about spooking an antelope out. We did. There were so many of them, so many opportunities. I think that when you're hunting deer, I think that's a good strategy. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't want to bust it out. Um, you, it's better to just, okay, I'm going to back out and put myself into a better position. And I think with these antelope, um, We'd see we could have taken more off, risks. You know, nothing. Mm-hmm. Like get up. Yeah. Go three miles. Just don't know no what that was. Reason whatsoever. <laughs> we had I had that one run twenty yards from me. Yeah. Um, he just he was out there a mile, and come running, just running, 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 and I was like, oh crap, oh crap, where do I get? Where? Do I? And he run twenty yards, turned and ran off, and that was it, and never saw him again. And I was just like, well, that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> they're so the craziest yeah, they're stupid. They're <laughs> <laughs> but so much fun. Um, yeah, so that was that was definitely my antelope story. I didn't draw elk this year, which was kind of a bummer, but one of my really good friends did. And um, that was kind of cool because I got to go out and actually did some scouting for him. Mm-hmm. And I knew on our last podcast, I told you guys how I got into hunting, which was camera hunting with my dad. Mm-hmm. And the cool part was this year we kind of went back to that because we were scouting. And we just took out a camera and camera hunted for a weekend um, the week before the first archery hunt and in our area the bulls were going crazy they were already bugling Um, they weren't really herding up they were in these giant bachelor herds though but they were vocal and they were on the move and they were fighting and not really like fighting but kind of like play fighting kind of like pre-running getting ready yeah and it was locker room you know super awesome i think the first day we went out i mean i promise you we're not exaggerating with this we saw over a hundred bulls wow and um just got some really cool like close-up shots we were 
we were just in them, you know, which was really cool. And, you know, you're trying not to be too in them because hunting's about to start, mm-hmm. but you also can't avoid them because they were just everywhere. Yeah. Um, we saw a big herd of um, deer, bucks, and the bucks were, like, chasing the elk. And then it was just, like, we just saw so much wildlife, and it was just, like, an awesome experience just to be out there. And it was kind of a cool experience because it had been several years, probably, like, five or six years since I had been out there, like, in the midst of elk not hunting. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a cool experience to kind of step back and not have to worry circle, about... Circle back to the yeah, beginning. and not have to worry about, oh, my, what's my what's my stock on this one going to be? What's the play here? Do we go? Do we wait? It was just kind of like we were just out there in them, and we were just kind of... It was just kind of a really cool experience. Yeah. So. That's fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun to get, get to do that. Um, I got to that do that a little bit this year. That tends to only happen when you don't have a weapon in your hand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sometimes. I got to do a little bit that that this year. Um, go out and just kind of play with them, you know, call them and, you know. Yeah. Got one in to within 40 yards, you know, and just taking video and pictures. Mm-hmm. And they didn't ever, you know, didn't ever know you were there. They didn't. He came out and he didn't. Um, couldn't see us, but couldn't see any other elk, so he's just kind of like, mm. so he turned around and he walked right back down to his, you know, to his herd, and um, he was probably a, I guess probably a three thirty class bull, really nice bull, uh, but it is, it's a lot of fun, it's a different dynamic because you're like, you don't have to think about okay, what's my play here? You just like, okay, let's let's see how close we can get, and let's just let's just have fun, mm-hmm. and you, there's not a lot of. Uh, of the worry about, am I going to blow this? Is, mm-hmm. If I blow it, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and when we're hunting, we we take our cell phones, but we don't have, like, the space or even the energy or time to, like, t- take a good camera. Yeah. yeah. So it had been a lot of years since I'd even played around with my camera with, with elk, and so that was pretty cool just to be able to do that and get some pretty good, pretty good pictures and videos and also just kind of spend the time with my dad, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Very cool. Very, very. What, um, going back to your antelope hunt, what kind of, you know, we know what you do at your CrossFit Zephyr and all of that, but what kind of, what kind of preparation did you get? It's a much different hunt than elk. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, you're not going up and down in the big hills and, uh, mountains and stuff like that. What kind Says of preparations? Who? We did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Typically. <clears throat> typically. Preface that. Typically. Um, what Kyle's talking about was where we were hunting and, and this, Really baffled me because you don't you don't think of this, but uh, so we were up on this this mesa, this plateau, and um, on top of this mesa was just this little dome mountain, um, and it was very steep and very tall. Mm-hmm. It had like um, it had like four ridges, yeah, that, that peaked. Kind of kind of three, yeah, three. Um, it kind of kind of made like kind of a Y, um, and the antelope were right up on top of this thing. Mm-hmm. And for some, I guess, I don't know if it's just the elk hunter, the mule deer hunter in us, we really liked climbing that mountain. We didn't like it at all, but we did it we many liked times. The view we got when <laughs> we got up top because we could see everything yeah. that was out there. Um, it made it hard to kind of s- to sneak down to get to the antelope, but they were right up top. I mean, the closest encounter that I had um, was with those antelope that, that when me and Dedon went up top, they come right up to us. Um, and it's just kind of really funny to see those antelope in that scenario uh up on that ridge like that but typically flat country and stuff like that so what kind of preparations and stuff do you do for for that kind of hunt? like physically yeah yeah so i had um i kind of known that was my main hunt and um at the same time we were doing these kind of fitness archery leagues and then i was doing uh an outdoor train to hunt um, competition in colorado so all of that kind of leading up to it i my main like focus was endurance I wasn't doing much weight training I wasn't doing I mean some you know just typical CrossFit but my main kind of focus shifted to longer endurance runs and weighted packs and so because of the time of the year it was you know it's July leading up to that August hunt um, I was doing a lot of weighted packs in heat that was reaching 100 degrees yeah you know and it's not super fun um, but it's challenging it's kind of you know it kind of becomes fun because it's kind of like 
people say kind of embrace the suck. How you know? far can I yeah. torture myself? Yeah, right? and you know, and how how long can I keep moving with this pack and kind of playing around with the packs and doing faster runs with a a, a lighter pack and shorter runs with it. So that's what I was doing a ton of. Um, and then there's this workout. Cannot remember the name of it right now, but in CrossFit there's hero workouts, and they're named after people who died, um, you know, either in the military or police or firemen or some sort of kind of service industry. And um, you kind of do a workout in memory of them. And this workout is a thousand weighted step ups. So you get a box about you know 20 inches tall. You put 30 pounds on your back, and you just stand there and step up and off the box a thousand times. Um, the first time I did it, I actually didn't finish it because I had to go to work that morning and I got to about 800 and I ran out of time. So then I had to come back about a week later and do it again. And so I was doing kind of workouts like that, that were like kind of grueling. That was just kind of like repetitive. Cause I feel like that's what you get in the flats is you don't get the scenic views of the mountains and the change in scenery and the water and all that. You just get, like, a very, very redundant hunt, I feel, mm-hmm. in my experience. Yeah. And so it's kind of kind of turns into that mental grind. So I felt like those kind of workouts were really good leading up to that antelope hunt. Um, and then antelope, and I'm sure you guys experience this too, is traditionally kind of a road, like, truck hunt. But we were still going... 10 to 12 miles a day. Oh, yeah. Easy. So you're you're starting in the truck, you're on your road, and then you're just going and going, especially when the antelope are being in that weird, I'm going to stay about 120 yards away from you the whole time, but I'm going to tease you mm-hmm. yeah. and stop. And then right when you get to that, I'm going to go a little bit further, and then I'm going to tease you and stop. And then all of a sudden, you're you know, five miles from the truck, and you yep. forgot to take water. Mm-hmm. And you're they, they do that. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm at 160. Let me trot back to you. To 120, and then stop. (laughs) So we've, over the years, because we've been, you know, doing this for a while, I guess this is my third unsuccessful antelope hunt, which is kind of a bummer to say, but, um, you know, kind of learning those things, like you always take your snake gaiters, you don't take them off, and you always have a camelback or a bottle of water on you, even if you think you're only going that 20 yards from the Mm -hmm. truck. Because those things will just, they just suck you out away from it. <laughs> <laughs> that was, to, to me at least, that was the toughest part of the hunt was the heat. Mm-hmm. It was so hot. And that, and like you said, you've got to wear your snake gaiters uh, or your snake boots. And either one of those is extremely hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're just hot the whole time. And that heat will sap the energy right out of you, mm-hmm. um, especially if you don't have good amounts of water. Um what I what I found another um, challenging aspect of it was um, when we were up in the saddle up on top of that mm-hmm. peak and I had that antelope come up to us. I had to get in a very awkward position and stay there for twenty minutes, and that was extremely challenging. Um, I was kind of kind of laying down on my side with one leg underneath me trying to, you know, blend with the grass. We don't blend with grass. so <laughs> um, We never got spotted, though. But, you know, it was a very awkward position. And, and to be in that position for a long time is very hard. I can't, I can't imagine um, trying to take a shot from, from there would have been... Um, very easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the other, I guess, takeaway for me from, from our hunt, at least, uh, is along those same lines. It's just that repetitive, you know, we just, we would come back, and there they were again. They're right there. We've done that stock, and we're going to do it again, and it's just like, okay. We can get in within range, you know. And it was actually interesting on our hunt because I don't think we would have ever gone up that hill had I not chased that one up the hill. Mm -mm. And he he ran up the hill, up up the 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 hillside. And we were just joking around. They're like, "You want it?" And he was he was he was over his ears, but he was just over his ears, you know, just a young one. I was like, "Ah, "I don't care." So I hoofed it. And went all the way to the top of the mountain, mountain and ran around the backside of the ridge and came over 
about probably 30 yards from him, and their senses are so good. He had me pegged before I ever came over the ridge. Um, and I got a shot at him, but I missed. Uh, and, yeah, just like you said, that mental grind of generally it's a, it's a pickup hunt, but you could be out there stalking on your hands and knees for a mile, mm-hmm. mile and a half, crawling through the grass, trying to get up, and you'll get to a spot and where they were, and you look and you kind of look through the grass, and they're just out of range. You're like, crap. So you're like, okay, back out. I'm going to go around this way. And so you go around this way, and you get to a spot, and they're in this big bowl kind of, you know, out there in the plain. And there's just absolutely no way to get to them. Yeah. Just no way to get to them. We had one. Completely surrounded. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> three guys. Three guys. Bedded antelope. And three guys in three different positions. Um, and it was like that antelope was like, yeah, I'll go through here. Yep. <laughs> and just went through the one spot where you just couldn't get to it. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. We had one. It wasn't this this last hunt, but a couple of years ago, where me and my dad both had tags. And we were both on stalking two different antelope. And the one that I was on literally walked to our truck and was probably 10 yards from my husband the one that doesn't have the tag Mm -hmm. sitting there at the truck like here I am by myself (laughs) and I'm like you know at times at times you sprint after them if they're walking away from you you're sprinting and then I'm trying to get back to the truck and then of course here he comes and then he turns this way and then we end up going after him again and it's just like so frustrating (laughs) I mean that's what you guys did they would walk away and I can't they'd run and Drop down. <laughs> I, I kept getting mad at Dedon because I could hear him. He stayed up the hill, and this, this antelope is, is the one that we saw on top. He went back down, and um, I was like, forget it. it. You know, I'm running. And I ran all the way around the edge until we spotted him again. And he was feeding away, and um, I told Dedon, we're not going to have another opportunity. This is it. This is last chance. I got to make a move. And so... I just did. I'd, I'd sprint, just kind of running off the hill, and that antelope would pick up his head, and I'd just slide down to a stop, wait for a minute, and he'd go back to grazing, and I'd cover 20 yards, and then mm-hmm. I'd... And I could hear Dedon chuckling. Yeah. And that antelope kept looking up, and I was like, dude, shut up. I'm laying there, <laughs> you know, think like a weed, think like a weed. <laughs> and uh, I got to within about... And he's going away. You know, so when he started, he was about 160 yards, and I cut it down to about 80. Um, but to cut it down to about 80, we cover about 400 yards of country. And um, I got to about 80 yards away, and I'm thinking, I need 20 more yards. It's mm-hmm. one more sprint. One more sprint, and I can do this. And he stopped, and I'm, you know, all ducked down, and I'm thinking, okay, I should get an arrow out this time when I get up. And all of a sudden, he starts snorting. And. He turns and he takes off, and there was another antelope that I'm in, you know, I'm focused. I just got, I see nothing but this one antelope that has been by himself for three hours already this morning, and this other antelope had come around the hill and was coming up, and from Dedon's vantage point, they were just snorting at each other, but I think the other one saw me and was snorting at me, so this one started snorting at him, and it took off, and the whole thing blew up, and I'm sitting there going... Whatever. <laughs> just whatever. I, just, I give up. <laughs> I think more than anything else I've hunted, which is mainly deer and elk, I haven't ventured out to much else, but it makes you question your hunting skills. Oh, absolutely. Because oh, you're, you're like, at one point. I really like, suck at this. I will literally try anything. Like, yeah. And they're why did I do it that way? I don't know. Because it's thought maybe it would work this time or it actually right. worked last time it was the closest I ever got to one when I did something stupid yeah know? right or one well, time the closest I got on this hunt I think before I got this shot was about 50 yards and um I actually got blown I was trying to sneak around and kind of antelope were coming by and I thought I could sneak through this kind of like ditch and and have them walk right in front of me and the antelope spotted me just walked over to me straight at me but then how do you draw back, yeah. you know, because he's yeah. walking to me. And it was a 50-yard straight-on shot, what I didn't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And 
but he he just kept walking to me. I'm like, why are you walking to me? You they, know? Yeah. Like you know, no rhyme just, or reason. No, in those. never. They're just everything's yeah. different. You do, which really it makes for a fun hunt. <laughs> it does. You never know what to expect. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. very frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> very frustrating. But they they are. They're so unpredictable. Like you said, we can do everything right. Surround and surround one that's bedded. Be all in the right position, no matter which way he comes out. One of us is going to get a shot, and then somehow he slips out through something we didn't see. Um, but then you run twenty yards at a time, right at one, and get that close. Yeah, you just you never can tell. It's it's a very unpredictable and a very um, you really can't plan for it. No, you just kind of got to go with go with what's in front of you. Go with what you feel, right? So, um, did you draw a deer? I did. I actually drew a January deer hunt. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. And uh, in my favorite unit, so that was really exciting. And that's another, um, was it the same unit? Yes. Exact same unit as an antelope hunt. Um, I kind of hunt these three units that are very, very similar, and so I kind of float around between two. But this is the exact same unit, just a different area. So once again, flatlands. Yep. Um, more of a truck hunt, but definitely... You're not in the truck much. And so um, I was super excited about that one. I've hunted that unit probably six times mm-hmm. and have gotten four deer out of there. Oh, nice. And they've always been mediocre deer. Like, no such thing. <laughs> I know. All right, everything's a trophy with a bow. But the deer that are in this unit are amazing. Yeah. And um, the ones that we had seen pulled out leading up to January. And we've seen over the years, and the ones that we've stocked were just, like, amazing deer, you know. And then I end up taking, like, a mediocre one. <laughs> so when I drew the hunt, like, when does it come out? April, yeah. mm-hmm. May, you you know what you're hunting. And so I was like, oh, this is a weird trophy hunt, you know. And I talked it over with my dad and my husband, and we had these hunts leading up. We weren't going to be low on meat. We were going to be kind of good on me and this was going to be a good year for me to trophy hunt a deer you'd be a little bit selective take a little bit more time um pass on the smaller ones um and really kind of go for a big one and then of course how it turned out ended up being seven months pregnant on this hunt and so the plans changed from i'm going to trophy hunt to i just really really wanted one (laughs) i just really wanted to get a deer and um you know, and then kind of playing the logistics of what that would look like. And uh, so it ended up being a super fun hunt, but it, I did have to change mid-season and kind of go from, oh, I'm going to trophy hunt to, okay, this is going to be a, we'll see what of, walks in a front different of me. experience, right? <laughs> right? And so, um, but yeah, that, that hunt ended up being super fast and uh, definitely a pretty cool experience. So... Um, First, the logistics of hunting pregnant, I had to, I had to find clothes, you know. Um, all right, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, no, that we don't have to worry about I, that part. I, of I had all kinds of questions lined up to go with that, <laughs> and then you hit me with that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even go there. <laughs> yeah, so for all my hunts leading up to that, because I had a couple of, like, like I said, I hunted a ton. I ended up going on five hunts pregnant, and... Um, a lot of them, like, were other people's hunts, or I went on a rifle hunt with my husband. Um, just to back up a little bit there, there, he had a rifle deer hunt, which is traditionally a horse hunt for us. But I was about five months pregnant there. And so I didn't feel comfortable horseback, so I'm literally, like, running behind them on foot five months <laughs> pregnant. I was still pretty fit. It still felt great. Um, so I was able to do that, but I didn't feel comfortable on a horse just because I'm not, like, that. Sure bunch of a cowgirl you know i'm sure some people could do it but i wasn't but my pants still fit on that hunt but then two months later come this other hunt my mom pulled through and she turned kind of my biggest pair of hunting pants into maternity pants and she had this the elastic little, little elastic band that i could wear because if you just put on pants you know because everybody i talked to my dad my husband anybody at hunts was like we'll just buy a bigger pair of pants well, I tried that a little bit on one of the, the like, hunter hikes I went on, and the, you know, the crotch is down here by your knees, and you're <laughs> tripping over everything. It's not very comfortable. So my mom made me this amazing pair of, like, maternity uh, hunting pants that came through perfect, because I wasn't having to, like, 
pull them up or anything, and they just stayed in place. And just those little things you don't think about. Which I feel can, like there's I feel like there's a market there. Yeah, right? I mean that thing you, that can really throw off your hunt if you're just like you know you can imagine you're crawling around and then you go to draw back, your pants are falling down, you're trying to pull them up, <laughs> or you're getting them caught on stuff. And so that was huge for her to her to do that for me. So that was kind of the biggest hurdle was okay, I got clothes, I got my gear, like I'm ready to go. Um, vinyl slides were a little weird because at that point they were like kind of out here a ways, you know, and, um, at times I'd have to turn around and wear them backwards because it was like pressing on my chest. It felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, and then of course, if I ever had to crawl, I mean, I wasn't belly crawling, you know, naturally, but I was like crawling on all fours at times on some of these stocks. And so just logistics like that of like, okay, I got to turn around my vinyl slides because now I got this belly and then I got another four inches of bino slides and so I'm like oh there's just not enough room there and so <laughs> there are some things that we didn't really think about leading up to the hunt that I had to kind of learn in the yeah, moment so, I'm right. sure but. yeah that, that I can't imagine you could even find a way to prepare for that I mean it's because it's ever changing because you know yeah. you're growing every day and so that that had to have been a challenge to prepare for that kind of stuff. Like you said, just figure it out as you go. Yeah, and the good news is is that I didn't have, and I still haven't, oh, fingers crossed, I've got three more weeks, I haven't had any complications, and I haven't had any of the more, like, traditional things that go along with it. I haven't had the, the nausea, the morning sickness, um, extreme fatigue, I'm sleeping fine, you know, all of that. And um, because of that, I've been able to keep up my fitness still working out it looks completely different but I'm still (laughs) able to do it and um, I was able to keep my strength up to where I didn't have to turn down my bow which is kind of like I didn't want to have to do that I wanted to kind of I feel comfortable I pull 60 pounds with my bow I feel comfortable at that I know what I feel comfortable shooting um, distance wise at animals um and so I didn't want to have to turn it down and then have to think about, okay, can I take a 50-yard shot on a deer now? And, you know, you know, with those kind of things that it was going to have to, like, change and reset my pins and everything. So it was nice to be able to just jump right into the, to the bow yeah. and still be able to draw back and, and not have any of those, those kind of complications. So that was nice. Didn't have to change your mechanics any with the, with the belly out there? No, no, not at all. And I shot, you know, I, I took some time off, like... I was a little, you know, a little hurt after my little pun. So I kind of put my bow in the closet for a good couple months and then pulled it back out. And I was like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. I should have continued to to shoot. Um, but by the time I came out, like, didn't really have to change anything yeah. as far as that, which is really nice. And so the shooting, um, and I think, I mean, I pulled my bow out of the case that first shot, and I shot a, a nice tight group. And I think, I don't know, maybe that time off kind of helped me mentally because my confidence was so low coming off that to kind of walk back into it and kind of have the mental aspect taken out of it and and just not be overthinking things, so. Very nice. Yeah. Did you get a deer? I did. Awesome. So, um, like I said, it was a flatland hunt, truck hunt. First day, we walked 12 miles. <laughs> you know, seven months pregnant. My dad's 65 years old. Um, and we're just out there. You know, we, we didn't... Of course, like, you know, if my mom listens to that, we did take it easy. And uh, <laughs> heat was not an issue. We took lots of snacks and all of that. But it's, you know, I didn't feel like it was that physically of a challenging of a hunt because you're just walking. And what better should you be doing when you're pregnant yeah, and walking right? and moving and, and doing all of these things? But the first day of this deer hunt, I probably got at least 20 stocks on deer. It was a nice day, kind of like today. It was overcasted. The deer stayed out all day. Um, and it was like... <laughs> I say it's kind of like fishing in clear water. There were just deer everywhere. Yeah. And you could see them, and we would be, you know, we would be stocking up on one, and we would actually accidentally stumble on one bedded down on the way to the other deer. And we were just, like, we were in deer the entire day. Um, We got out there before the sun came up, and usually we'll hunt the morning. We'll go back. We hunt pretty close to where my parents live. We go back midday eat lunch take a nap go back out for the evening 
we never left. We hunted the entire sun up to sundown and that first day and we were just all over deer and had some really really close calls that first day and on some pretty nice deer um drew back a couple of times um one time i drew back and i had four bucks to choose from and it was too much my mind was like <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. What to do. like i had ranged uh. the furthest one i think at 45 and uh he was quartered away from me with a doe right in front of him and if that doe would have taken a step so i kind of drew back um you know kind of thinking well if he walks into this this window i'll shoot him at 45 and um i had one that you know was turned completely away from me at about 30 um and then two bucks that were just kind of out like over this kind of bank you know and then one of them stepped out into a perfect shooting window was guessing about 35 but he was like 20 yards back and so drawn back here on this one thinking he's going to take a step at any second and then I see this other one now I have a clear shot and by the time I like completely move around <laughs> then that he had just walked and so it's just all of these just like so close if I would have just had a split second longer um I definitely would have got one that first day and so that was a really cool like another really frustrating because it kind of reminded me of the antelope hunt where you're just like in them and you're just like going but not never a dull moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I just hit a wall. I was just so tired. <laughs> and I was like, I told my dad, I was like, I just, I just need to close my eyes for a second. And he's like, okay. So he's like, let's just drive over here. I'm going to park. I'm going to climb up on this windmill. I'm going to do some glassing. You close your eyes for a second. He got like halfway up the windmill and he saw a herd and came back to the truck. And he's like... Let's go. Grab the <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. And we went after it. And uh, that one was a fun one because we took a, we took the old cow decoy again because the deer were right next to the cows. And we're like, oh, worked for the antelope. And we uh, closed the distance from about 200 yards to about 100 yards, but we hit a fence. And uh, he's like, we got to get you on the other side of this fence. And I was like, do you think I could go under? And he kind of looks on my belly, and he's like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I had I had, had a, another instance earlier in the day where I tried to climb over the fence. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. And you're a little too heavy for that fence, and it, like, pops Bam. the bob wire, and yep. you hear it, like, <laughs> ring for a mile. So we're like, gosh, I can't go over. Plus, they'll see me going over, so we're kind of, like, stuck. And then I see an antelope crossing, you know, where the antelope go under mm-hmm. the fence. Yep. So it gave me about a foot and a half. I was able to crawl under there. And uh, so that was a pretty fun stock. And I got just another super close call, just never actually got the shot off there. And so, um, but super fun day, just all day long in deer. And um, so super cool. Of course, I didn't ever get that nap I wanted. <laughs> um, and then That's the just so good that day, evening. Yeah. And then the second day, you know, we were like, we hunted those deer in that area so hard. Like, I mean, one of them I nearly got a shot on and still don't know if I would have taken a shot if presented itself. It was a huge, amazing one-sided deer. And then it was broken off on the other side right past his ears. Um, And it was like, you know, it was legal. It was just, you know, did I want that one? Yeah. Kind of did, you know, <laughs> and so I actually stocked that one twice, once in the morning and once in the evening. Um, but the next day we were like, you know, we hit those deer pretty hard. Let's give them a little bit of a break. Um, so let's go to this other area. And we went to the other area and we went pretty much, I'd say 90% of the day not seeing anything. And um, we were on the side by side that day. Still covered a lot of ground. Um, but saw no deer. There's yeah. just like nothing. And then we finally saw this one bedded down. And uh, we could kind of tell it was like pretty nice sized deer from where we were, but we were a ways away. So we moved back around and kind of came up and uh, kind of made a little stock on it. And then we start realizing it's completely surrounded by does. And then it stands up, and we were only seeing like a tenth of its antlers. Oh, wow. And it stood up, and it was about like. By far the biggest deer I've ever seen. Wide and tall and just, like, points everywhere. Um, And I think we got about 100 yards from him. And 
uh, we were trying to decide what to do because he had these does with him. And this is the only stock we got. And um, up to this point, the wind's kind of blowing a little bit to our left and then blows a little bit to our right. And then you know, probably an hour of trying to decide what to do and moving as we can and all this. And then all of a sudden we just feel the wind really pick up on the back of our necks. <laughs> uh, and then that knee was just like, we never saw it again. So. Yeah. Um, so that was the only deer we stocked up until the end of the day. And at this point, you know, we've been out again for since sunrise. I had taken a sandwich. <laughs> my poor dad, he felt so bad. I like to eat my sandwiches like it was like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I like to heat them up. So I leave them out in the sun until they get a little warm and eat it. And he took off a little too fast on the side by side to come pick me up. And he lost my sandwich. Oh. <laughs> So I'm like hungry and I'm tired and getting towards the end of the day. And it's kind of another day where you start to question like, man, we should have stayed where the deer were yesterday. You know, I start to replay all the close calls I had yesterday. Like, you know, I should have, should have been more aggressive or I, you know, should have been a little faster because those are the only chances I was going to get. You know, after today I was like, oh, we're not getting any more chances. And then we have about maybe 45 minutes of legal shooting hours left and my dad spots a deer and normally he's like okay you see that one over there like do you want to go after it what do you think what should we do and um this time as soon as he saw it he was like grab your boat let's go and I was like where is it you know and he's like not even giving me anything he's just like we're going like okay so I'm like trucking on behind him and I'm still kind of curious like where did he see it like where is he at and we went down in this draw we got down in there and I was like man I've been here before and I was a little confused of where we were because we'd coming in from a different direction but when we hiked down in this draw I started to realize it was the same place I killed my first deer so I was like oh like some big advantages of being like kind of in the spot we were going into um and what happens is when you drop down in this draw you drop into these like giant kind of, I call them sand bumps mm-hmm. where the bumps are like eight to 10 feet tall, but they're like a maze yep. and you can really kind of like get in there and the sand hills. Yep. <laughs> and so, um, we're down in this drive. We're kind of like going after and, uh, he finally tells me where the deer is and I get like a glimpse, glimpse of it. And so he's like, all right, you know where it is now. Let's go after it. We just kind of needed to get to the spot. And then he's like, okay, let's go. So he's like, you take the lead. Well, to back up a little bit, the day before I had noticed that my boots were squeaking. And um, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I thought I was kind of maybe just like overly focused on it and like obsessing about it. But I had asked my dad earlier in the day. He doesn't have real great hearing. And he's like, yeah, it's really annoying. So on a lot of these stocks, I was crawling, so it wasn't a big deal, but I knew this was going to be a stand-up stock. So we're probably a quarter of a mile away from this deer, and I'm like, okay, i got a quarter of a mile to experiment with what I can do to make this boot stop squeaking. So I tried, like, walking only on my toes and only on my heels and all this, and I realized that the only way I could get my boots to stop squeaking is if I turned my feet out and walked on the outside soles of my feet. So I had to walk, like bow-legged and as I started to notice that if I did that they stopped squeaking so we're still a quarter mile out and I'm like okay well I know when I get close I have to do that but I'm still kind of walking normal and uh, so we get up to this deer we probably get maybe like a hundred yards from it and um, it's like raking a we well there were two deers two deer I should say there was a fork and then a bigger one but I couldn't really tell how big it was so we come around this bend, and I realize that um, it's, like, raking. And I'm like, I don't think that fork would have been raking. I think this is the bigger one. So we start coming around these bumps, and we're deciding where to go. And I had to go into that waddle where I bow out my feet. <laughs> but, like, I hadn't been able to communicate with my dad. So he's kind of like, what is she doing? You know, why is she walking like this? And um, Chicken walk. Chicken walk. <laughs> so we're able to kind of use these bumps to get like perfectly into it and he turns around and actually like grazes back towards us and um went to take the you know drew back knowing he was about 40 and the way the wind was in our favor and everything and it was a little loud 
I was able to kind of whisper to my dad, and um, I thought he was going to be able to range it, but there was like a bush in the way and he couldn't range. And I said, what do you think it is? And he said 40, and that's what I was thinking. So I was like, okay, 40. And then I draw back, and the, the deer still has to go about 10 yards before he's in my in any kind of window for me. Well, when he comes out, he is right behind a sagebrush. Mm-hmm. So it's like... You know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sagebrush is about 10 yards from me, and then the deer is about another 30 yards and so I'm drawn back, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Like, can I get an arrow through this? And I know it's, like, split second, but in my head, it's, okay, if it does deflect, it'll deflect so fast, so early, that it won't wound it. It'll, you know, deflect, because it's 10 yards, 30 yards. And so then I, like, look at my, or whisper to my dad again, I'm still drawn back this whole time. My pin's on the deer, and I say, can I shoot through that? And he's like, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Something along that lines, or probably, I can't remember what he said, and I was like, all right. So um, I did, and it went through, and it went straight. Didn't deflect at all, but he jumped the string because I think he heard it go through that sagebrush. So the shot was a little far back, but he went down um, almost right away, and we found him probably within 30 yards. Cool. Very nice. So, yeah. (laughs) But every time I shoot a deer, I swear I miss so I had totally thought I missed, and um, we kind of recreated the shot wrong. We were like, oh, yeah, he was here, and then there was no blood. Mm-hmm. And so then we decided that maybe it did deflect, and then um, couldn't find any blood, couldn't find my arrow. And then all of a sudden we see this deer about 30 yards away. It looks very, very similar to the one that I thought I had shot. Not injured, Nothing. So my dad was like, go after him, go stalk him. And I'm like, we don't know if it's the same deer, you know? And so, but we can't see the vitals. And so I'm like, well, I'll go see. And if he's wounded, I'll try to get another arrow and we'll see. And then like on the way, we find the deer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I just totally, every time I shoot, I'm like, I missed. I I blew it. I ruined it. (laughs) To find out I got it, we were both excited that's so. really cool yeah it is end up being a good deer yeah it was it was actually it once again for that area it was kind of again what i kind of felt like it was a mediocre one no no mediocre deer <laughs> we, I, I try and you know when i talk to hunters try and say that a lot you know it takes a lot to be able to outsmart mother nature and anything you come home with is is going to be pretty spectacular yeah but uh but there's, that nothing, one that there's nothing wrong with nothing wrong with going after something big yeah that yeah. one that we had saw earlier in the day we were both like oh, oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are heartbreaking yeah um, well we had we had a, several of those on our deer hunt where you're like oh that's a good deer mm-hmm. but then you get to looking at the distance between you and the deer and then you find deer in between you and that deer and you're like eh We'll that go after those. Closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Kyle stalked one this year where it was, what'd you put, like four or five, five stock. six stocks on that yeah. same deer? I think so. Um, we were at a vantage point where, where we could watch, and Kyle just kept chasing him around and um, eventually got him. Um, and it's pretty neat to watch that from a distance. And, and get to see everything, especially the perspective change. Um, but, and that deer, was, it was really cool to watch you get that deer because it wasn't a great big deer. Um, pretty mediocre deer. Um, but, man, you earned it. Yep. it, it he sure mm-hmm. had to hunt the heck out of it. I didn't really earn mine. I step, step out and blam. Step out and blam. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in a meat crisis. Yes, you so were. I, I, that's what I needed. Yep. <laughs> true yeah and that's how i felt with this and i'm like well i earned it and i felt like kind of even going into the hunt i knew i was gonna i was probably gonna just take something that was that was legal and it was gonna be way more meaningful to me i think than even a bigger deer would have been just because it was like under the circumstances and i really i don't know i just think it'd be cool to tell you know my daughter here in a few years that right you know hey you were a part of this and 
You may have actually made the hunt a little bit harder, but like you were a <laughs> part a lot, of this. You'll turd. I could have you know? got that big deer. <laughs> it, was a, it was a cool experience for my dad too. It was yeah. like it was definitely like a different mindset, I guess, for both of us. And the funny thing is that, like I said, is I feel like we hunted harder um, and longer than we did on other hunts because I think we were just like just kind of kind of had that different mindset to it, where we yeah. like something we both really wanted. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it was pretty cool. It's really neat. And then to go back to like preparation and all that, um, I think one of the things I tell people when they first start hunting is know your distances. You know, I did get the confirmation from my dad and I think mentally that kind of helped me. But I think of all the animals I've killed, I've only gotten a range maybe once or twice. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I've gotten bogus ranges where I know aren't right. You know, you try to, and I think on this one it was hitting that that sagebrush so you know it's telling me the deer's at 10 yards i'm like it's not you know and so being able to kind of use your instincts and know and those 3d shoots are so good for that yeah um to be able to not have to rely on technology or take a bad shot or just not take a shot because you're like well i couldn't get a range on it yeah i like and I i use this a lot when i predator hunt um and and if i'm gonna you know if we're setting up and we know this is we can see something that's coming this way. Um, find some good landmarks, some good bushes or trees that, that are very distinctive, and you range those, and then you can kind of judge from there. You say, oh, I know that I know that bush is at 50 yards, so if they come this side of it, it's within range. If they go that side of it, we're probably not going to take that shot. Mm-hmm. If they're here, you know, that's a 35-yard shot, whatever it is. Yeah. So, take, I've taken to using the trick pin, yep. um, which I think is very effective. For those times that you don't have the ability to range, mm-hmm. which is a lot, yeah, um, uh, that trick pin works really well. Um, I don't know that I would try it on an antelope because there's too much guessing. Uh, with elk, it's super super easy because you just put that trick pin on their belly mm-hmm. and shoot. And and the only thing that you got to know in that regard is if they're, you know, you, you got to have your numbers calculated before you go out in the field. But you got to know. Uh, for me, if they're in between. Um, 20 and I think it's 54 yards. Uh, if they're in between that range, then I'm going to hit vitals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a neat trick that I do with that. But um, sure, it's nice to be able to range them. Yeah. And know. Yep, for sure. Well, that's cool. That's a good year of hunting. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and like I said, it was like, I mean, I'll admit it wasn't a great shot. But distance-wise, it was on. Um but yeah, he had to have jumped it because my dad, my dad even like looking back was like, he's like, I was looking out in the binoculars. He's like, I heard you shoot. I saw it move and then I heard it hit. And, um, so it was a little far back, but it was still within the vitals. And yeah. he, um, I, it was good pass through shot and a lot of blood and he was, he was down quick. So, and that's always nice, especially after the antelope hunt, not having to not having the blood trail and wait oh, and me. let them go down. I'd much rather do. <laughs> I'd rather, much rather do thirty yards. That like you know, Rodney's went about fifteen yards and dumped and found mm-hmm. him. I'd much rather do that than what I had to do, which is I think I we calculated I stalked that deer five miles mm-hmm. between the different stalks. Yeah, yeah. So and between the what was it like? It was almost that between the first time that you shot it. Yeah, and the, and the final time, but. That was a man. That deer just went. Well, and well, the nice thing though on that one was we're hunting with a I've, you know traditional muzzleloader patch and ball. Mm-hmm. So when I hit him, I hit him same thing a little bit far back. Didn't get him in the guy. I, I actually gut shot that deer, but it didn't blow his guts up. It just you know put a little hole in it, so none of the meat ruined. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, yeah, it was the same thing on mine. That was a blessing. It was like, okay, it was back, but it wasn't a gut. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. And we were like, even though we had walked quite a ways, because we had kind of circled back around, we weren't that far from the road, mm-hmm. which was nice. And so, because then at that point, my dad didn't let me help at all. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, you can't. I told your mom I wasn't going to let you lift anything. And so he was, <laughs> he kind of took over at that point, And I was more like the assistant. Okay, hand me the knife, you know, yeah. or. Or that, and so that was kind of nice that we didn't really have to worry about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, because I don't think I could have done, 
I don't think I could have done like an elk hunt or anything like that that far it's along, and tough, you yeah. know, or you're you're out for a lot longer and you're packing, and then you're having to pack back out, and so it was nice that it was a a deer hunt where even though we still put in a ton of miles walking, we were always pretty close to a road or a yeah the truck, so yeah. that was nice. Cool, yeah. awesome. So what do you got for this year? You get put in for hunts? I actually haven't. I'm going to put in hopefully this evening. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to go with my my go-tos. Your go-to elk <laughs> and deer. If they work. Horn, horn. Cool. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be a little a little different this year. So. So you guys doing um, back to kind of fit to hunt? You guys doing three three leagues again this year? Yeah. Very cool. So we already did one. We'll have two more to go. Um. And then yeah, we'll lead it up right to the um archery antelope hunt again and so but yeah train to hunts doing a um, like an outdoor competition uh-huh. with the mountain archery festival have you guys uh-huh. heard of that yeah so that'll all be at the same time in los alamos and uh-huh. so we'll do a league leading up to that and then a league leading up to the hunts very cool so. um have you guys thought about doing um i don't even know how you do it this is just me thinking out of pocket but doing kind of a a virtual league for to spread it out through the state oh yeah that would be pretty cool yeah i don't know yeah I, the I'm, logistics I'm, of that my wife and i keep saying we need to do something yeah and if i had something like that where i could actually shoot my bow i might be more willing to to get in on it yeah right and just kind of do you know submit your scores virtually or your times mm-hmm. or whatever yeah and even like with our practice night leagues we yeah, it's kind of like submit your score. It's yeah. not like it doesn't have to be, like, judged or videotaped. It's kind of, like, on the honor system. Yeah. And, you know, you can kind of, like, maybe modify, like, if you only have a box that's 18 inches. You know, it's two inches shorter, but, hey, you know, and kind of being able to, to modify it. So that would be, yeah, definitely something to think about. That would be cool. Kind of throw out the workouts people do in my home. I'm a thanker, Rodney. <laughs> that would be nice to get it to where... You know, other people in other areas could participate um, in some stuff like that. You know, we have a few things at home, but it'd be nice to be able to do some stuff like that. It would. Yeah, and with our indoor um, league that we just, or the indoor competition that we just did, we did have um, several people who came in from around the state. And then a couple of people, we had one guy from El Paso, Texas, and then a girl from Colorado came down and so that was pretty cool farmington um let's see where else los alamos so we we had some people kind of come in from around the state for that which is cool very cool so that is awesome um yeah um like i said you feel like you tried to kill us a little bit but i (laughs) I think i think i think it's you know good uh ron and i did podcasts i think our first season about fitness and and the trends and it's just coming back to if you can fit it in, mm-hmm. it's definitely a better way to go, you know, that you have those tools to, to, to prepare. Um, it's kind of like you don't have to have all the nicest gear. You can beg, steal, and borrow. That's what we were proponents of, beg, stealing, and borrowing and getting into hunting. Mm-hmm. But if you have the tools, yeah. it makes it a little easier. Yeah. It does. And yeah. then... I know with this whole process, you know, this is a hunting podcast, not a pregnancy podcast, but going into it with like a, a kind of my body being prepared and being able to stay active throughout it has been huge, Yeah, you know, and, and I don't think that I would have had the opportunities I had this year if I hadn't had that kind of level of fitness going into it. And then the commitment level of, yeah, there were days where I was like, you know, I don't really want to do anything or kind of could have used that as an excuse. And I'm like, no, because I know what could happen if I just stopped doing anything. Yeah. And so, and then hopefully the recovery back to this next hunting season will be fairly, you know, not Very easy, easier. but simple. Yeah. Kind of being able to get back to it. Yeah. So. I think you probably have a, somewhat of a leg up. Yeah. Having gone in and in a better shape, you can kind of recover a little bit faster i would imagine and then we've kind of joked that you know my dad's my hunting partner i mean my husband too but more my dad you know just the way that time and our hunts line up um but this year my mom is going to be a huge huge partner in yeah. our hunting she's going to be the babysitter yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so yep. she's yep. got a she's got a key role in uh <laughs> in the hunts this year and 
we've already, even though, you know, we won't know for a little while, we've already kind of blocked her out for some dates in September. And there you hey, by the way, just keep this open yeah. right here. And, of course, she's super right excited, so she's not, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm on she's it. like, oh, you yeah, grandbaby, so. <laughs> all week. Here but we my go. dad kind of was joking with her, so I'm due uh, March 31st. And my dad's kind of been joking with her, of, you know, well, we need you for shed hunting this year. And she's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I told you. I'm there <laughs> to support. And he's like, all right, well, you know, because me, me and Tammy go shed hunting every year, and you're you're going to need to keep the baby. And so finally, the, the other day, she finally asked, like, well, when does shed hunting start? And he's like, well, we're going to start April 1st. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Very and then we nice. told her, we're like, no, nah, there's not really an actual start date for shed hunting, no. but that might be the one thing I have to set out of this year is shed hunting. It might, <laughs> it might be. That's all right. Might have to take a little time off for that. That's so. all right. Well, that's cool. Very neat. Give you, give you a plug for Zephyr Fitness for Fit to Hunt. Um, yeah. Contact information. Yeah, so we have a couple of ways you can follow us on social media and that we haven't released the dates of that next league because I do want to just kind of see how this whole parenting sure, yeah, thing, of course. Uh, you know, recovery thing goes. But I'm thinking by the first of May we should be able to start up another league. Um, and so we haven't released those dates because I don't want to overcommit my to sure. anything oh, just yet because I am the one that primarily you know like is in charge of it and, and runs it. So we're hoping um, for the first of May, but like I said, we haven't released those dates. So. Definitely follow us on social media. Um, we have Zephyr Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. And then um, Are You Fit to Hunt is our um, Instagram and Facebook for the actual Fit to Hunt League. And then I post things on my personal one, which is Tammy Bill Hunts. And so on those three, we'll be announcing um, the next league so people can kind of get tied into that. But, yeah, I like that idea of kind of throwing out the workouts so people can – you know, try them at home and, and kind of do it. So yeah. that'd be cool. That'd be really so cool. So look for that too. <laughs> awesome. Sounds Hashtag good. not grounded idea. No, I'm just <laughs> um, So yeah, you guys, uh, if you're in the Albuquerque area, um, check out Zephyr Fitness. Check out Fit to Hunt. Um, it's really, um, Rod- Rodney and I have talked about it before on the podcast. Uh, I, I hate to just go hiking in the woods um i like to go and and so you know you find yourself out there and you can't hardly walk across the street but if you're hunting something i can go all day right uh, so you had a little I bit of purpose and, and it may may make it uh, a little bit easier to get that get that workout in so um check them out and great talking with you today tammy great yeah, stories thanks for having me on. yep um, thanks for joining i think it's again. really cool that you were out hunting at seven months pregnant um, again, uh, yeah, really inspiring. Very much so. Very cool. Thanks for joining. Thank you, guys. Adios. Adios. Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.